Welcome to the Foundational Healing Deliverance Prayer Ministry Podcast, where you will learn strategic spiritual warfare and aggressive prayer. If you have questions or comments, call us at 484-218-1683 or email us at fhdprayerministry at gmail.com. Let's get started with the show. I'm on an airplane And the destination of this flight is to the other side Guess I had to go there Guess I had to come here, yeah I know where I'm from but now I'm headed where I'm going right you and for this we praise you father we subdue the kingdoms of darkness in the name of jesus we subdue we subdue every planetary spirit sitting on mars the sun the stars we ask that your holy angels smite them in the mighty name of jesus father we subdue the earth in the mighty name of jesus we subdue witchcraft pots trees fetishes charms any and all satanic incantations, we subdue them by the blood of Jesus. We ask that your holy angels dismantle any and all demons of darkness, dark magic, witches, and witchcraft be dismantled in the name of Jesus. Father, we subdue the waters in the name of Jesus. Any force, any power operating from these areas, we subdue them. We ask that your mighty angels 
be released into that water, into that sea. In the name of Jesus, may the marine kingdom be subdued by this anointing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. I just want to um, say God bless you to all our listeners. Truly, the Lord is blessed. And this is a, this is pretty much a part two. This is a part two. And uh, we're so honored to have our apostle, uh, Judah, along with us. She blessed us mightily the last time. And we heard the Lord say that it wasn't over. Um, and to have her come back and minister again. So Apostle Judah has been accepted. She has accepted a call in ministry as an ambassador, apostle, and prophetess. She is presently the founder and leader of an apostolic Colgate Church, an astronomical commission to birth launch regulate variety of ministers in Christianity. Her education is in business administration, manage, uh, business administration management and enterprise. She is also an author and multi-business owner and president. Judah has been ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ since 2001. Her goal in life is to reform government to its perfection in herself then and in others. Lastly, her favorite scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And the favorite quote is, rest if you must, but don't you quit. So again, um, without any delays, um, Apostle, Apostle Judah, you got it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good evening, and thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Um, just want to give an honor to God for the opportunity to be here and to be used uh, for God's glory. Um, just want to give a shout out to my children, um, uh, Destiny, uh, Tori, and Kareem, and also Jeremiah. Um, and all of the listeners out there, God bless you. I will be praying fervently for you after this call to make sure that uh, the word that is being sown tonight, that it is truly planted and that it will take root and also flourish and become blossom fully. Uh, for the impact of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to talk about love conquers all. Uh, last time that we was uh, discussing uh, the biblical scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses 8 and 9, uh, we talked about love conquers all. And uh, in reviewing uh, what we already spoke about, um, we were just, it's just basically plain and simple self-explanatory. Uh, with love, you can do all things. Uh, and so uh, after speaking to uh, uh, Bishop Paul about uh, what the next topic would be, it's nothing like speaking about a topic that you know about personally. So I chose uh, this title, uh, Love Conquers Deceit. Or deception. Uh, it's a title I've never heard of before, and I know it was it was the Holy Spirit burning on the inside of me with this title, and I thank God for Paul for um, assisting me with that. 
uh, it is a blessing to be able to speak about something uh, that is fresh on the burner. So uh, I want to take you, first of all, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 through 9. It says that uh, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So I love that scripture. Uh, it's kind of like that Romans 8.28 scripture uh, where it talks about uh, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It's like that word that you can use in every situation you deal with. In every situation you deal with, you can rest assured that love conquers all. And uh, to uh, actually uh, show you what I mean, um, I want each of you that have the word before you, if you have your cell phones, your iPads, all those beautiful electronics, I want you to turn with me to the very, very first deception in the Bible. And that would be uh, Genesis chapter 3. Now, if you're at chapter 3, more than likely you'll be able to see a little bit of chapter 2 because we're going to touch on that too. Okay? And I'll just wait a few, few more seconds. I wish I could say to everybody, uh, when you get there, say amen, but I can't hear you. <laughs> but I can feel you in the spirit. <laughs> so um, here we are. Okay. So chapter 3, it says, now the serpent was more cunning. Bam. Cunning. The serpent was more, more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Let me break that down to you. Now the serpent, the one that has probably the least value, because a serpent don't have legs. <laughs> it can't walk. <laughs> Okay? It's just a serpent. But it had some skill. Okay? So you can't underestimate something that looks like it's not going to overpower. So uh, it could look innocent. It could even look like uh, an angel. Okay? Look totally innocent. But it says, now the serpent was more cunning, okay, than any beast. Any beast. Okay, I want us to really, really look at that. Okay, because the word cunning is a deceptive word. We must understand that. Cunning is a deceptive word. It may sound like I'm teaching you a kindergarten, but when I get through, you'll understand exactly why I broke it down. Uh, it was more cunning, okay, than any beast of the field 
which the Lord God has made. So now um, we're going to go into the conversation that this serpent had with woman, the woman that was just made. The woman who was just made. Have you ever been to church, okay, or amongst your congregation, and the moment you get out of that sanctuary, uh, something bad happens? <laughs> oh, yes. Immediately, after the fresh matter, after whatever was newly birthed, here comes this serpent, this ugly, wicked, intentional serpent. To try and do what? To try and deceive us. So that we can do what? Now let's talk about that next. So he says, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, Okay, has God indeed said, Oh Lord. <laughs> He's questioning them, has God indeed said? Now, I remember the scripture that said, uh, my sheep know my voice, but a stranger, uh, they won't follow, right? Okay, that's just a little side note. But he asked them this question, has God indeed said, you shall not eat? of every tree of the garden? Now, when he was asking this question, he asked them this. This is his technology, if you will, okay? This is his technology, his method or his, his technique of doing things. It says that he asked them, has God indeed said so when somebody asks you a question like that, what does it make it do to your mind? You know, it has you thinking, well, did God say that? That is called second-guessing yourself. Second-guessing yourself. But let me explain something else that God uh, showed me uh, through his point of view and his glasses, okay? It, when someone asks you a question that will... Uh, have you second-guessing yourself, you're second-guessing because the first guess is the guess you already know the answer. <laughs> your spirit man already knows the answer, but you're second-guessing yourself because you're in the midst of a stranger who just hits you with a blow. He took you off the path that you was already on that was bringing your life your life, great light and grace and blessings and favor, need I say more? And he is now, the enemy is making them second-guess themselves. Because remember, before this scripture came about, Eve had just met, uh, almost said Steve, oh Lord. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. But Eve had just met Adam. Adam had just met God and the animals. It was a new life. This is all fresh birthing and, and, and breeding and all of these things. So now, um, 
he has them second-guessing themselves, asking them, has God yet said? When he asks them this, it leaves, it leaves them in the middle, okay, stuck in their mind, stuck in a position where they're frozen, neither left or right, but just stuck in the middle. That means when you're stuck and you can't go left or right and you definitely can't go forward until you pass this hurdle, if you will, you're stuck. So now let's continue on. And the woman says to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, can we do us all a favor? Can we go to what God said? Let's see what our Heavenly Father said about this matter. So we want to go to our second chapter of Genesis. Verse 15, starting there, and it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Woo, my, my, my. Oh, I believe this is a year of discovery of the scriptures to another level. It doesn't matter how many times you read it. There's always an opportunity for a refresh or for a re-implementation of something you did not know. God will give you a deep inside view of what these scriptures really, really mean. Almost like a root to your soul. Now, I want to go over that just one more time. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. This was before they had the discussion about their tree. God gave Adam a responsibility and dominion. Okay? It's like giving him the keys to his own house, almost. Okay? So now, and the Lord God commanded the man. He commanded the man. Okay, uh, saying, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Okay, that was pretty plain. Now, I, I remember the serpent was talking to Eve. It just seemed like it was just so much added, a lot of emotion, uh, a lot of female hormones. <laughs> I'm just making jokes, women out there. So um, it says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. 
For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay? So now, back to what the woman said to the serpent. And the woman said, this is chapter 3, verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. See, women, women speak uh, twice as much as a man. You see that? Now, Eve had a lot to say, but it wasn't exactly what God said, because God was pretty plain. He made it plain to Adam what the instruction was. But remember, he gave the instruction to Adam. It doesn't say that he gave the instruction to Eve. Okay? That's enough. That's the next lesson that we're going to talk about. Okay? Covering in love conquers all. I'm going to write that down. Covering in love conquers all. And that's going to be a retreat for the married people, online retreat for the married couple. Okay? Etc. Whoever else wants to join in is welcome. Um, as long as it's okay with Bishop Paul. So, now, I want to talk about this because we, we are pretty much familiar with the story unless we're new to Christ. And if so, I would just recommend you read uh, along those scriptures at another time. But we know the, the, the story, okay? How is it that this uh, serpent was able to deceive Okay, how is it that the serpent was able to deceive? This serpent was out to kill, steal, and destroy. And the only way that this serpent could do this cunningly is to twist what we already knew. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying we as though we represent uh, Adam and, and Eve. Okay, um, so I'm making it clear to you uh, by the way of God, uh, if, if you know His word, His instruction. When He gives that instruction, that's what we're supposed to follow by. Okay, we're not supposed to go outside of what He already spoke that we know He said, because. When we know, we know. It bears with our bears witness with our spirit. It feels right. We absolutely know it. Um, it clicks in our mind like a light bulb. You know, if the Lord brings confirmation to it, He brings the affirmation to it. He'll give you signs and wonders, a telegram. He will get the message to you, however He has to, so that you know that you know that you know. Okay, what he said. But the enemy wants to bring deception. So let's carry on to the next thing. So now we're talking about this deception. Um, and the, the word deception is a false image or illusion of something, someone, somewhere, okay, in which re the reality of it is in disguise, okay? 
maybe Adam or uh, Eve might have thought that this uh, serpent was her friend. Okay, because it looked looked delicate. It was on the ground. It probably didn't look harmless at all. Okay, remember Eve Eve had legs, so she probably didn't feel too intimidated. Okay, uh, but it says here it is when uh, in which was it the script the section is a false image or illusion of something, someone or somewhere in which the reality of it is in disguise and therefore unrevealed, okay? It's unrevealed. Let's talk about that for a moment, okay? When you get into a presence of something that you're not aware of, what it is, you get this cold feeling, or you get this feeling like it's, you got signals, but, you know, you want to be a nice Christian person, you know, um, you want to be a good-hearted person. You want to have a good reputation in the streets, and you don't want to really tell them how you feel. And you may want to say something, but you may not know how to articulate your words, okay? I know I'm talking to somebody out there. Uh, and so you're facing this thing that appears to be presenting itself like a light, okay? But you know that inside there is something there's no news about this news. No good news about this news. Something is up. And so you experiment with it by allowing it to come in so that you could see for yourself that you was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now, um, this deception that this, this described here in uh, Genesis chapter 3 uh it, it is this deception cunning, okay? The cunning deception, which is a word describing uh, a facet of deception, okay? He was trying to get them to disobey God, all right? And and we know that uh, continuing in reading in chapter 3, his agenda was to kill, steal, and destroy. He was up to no good, okay? He wanted to defeat the whole purpose behind that release that God just gave to Adam and also Eve was a recipient of that benefit, okay? And so now um, we have uh, different types of deception uh, to look out for, okay? There's lying, we have uh, trickery, there's bluffing, hoax, scheming, okay? All of these are like con artistry. And, and we know that the word con artistry, uh, it, it is basically uh, convincing, okay? Con stands for convincing, convincing artistry. Because <laughs> the serpent, as you see in chapter 3, once again, was trying to convince Eve, okay, that... That's not what God said. He was trying to confuse her and conflict her, that she would not know that she might eat, that her eating might affect her husband. Okay? So, uh, let's see here. Let me go to my notes. Um, I want to make another point about this. 
Uh, my point number number one is that deception is the false image or illusion of something, someone or somewhere in which the reality of it is in disguise and therefore unrevealed. Point number two, deception has many facets. There's different points of uh, different types of deception, okay? And, and I would definitely recommend uh, that we all study that. After this, um, we will definitely take some time to get into some spiritual warfare. Should I be invited to come back? I would definitely like to tap into that and we can get into that a little bit more in depth. Um, point number three, regardless of any deception, God will make it clear to you and he will rescue you to conquer. Let me say that again. Regardless of any deception, God will make it clear and rescue, making you to conquer. Now let's go. And I invite you again into chapter three. Let's continue to read. Then the serpent, I'm at verse four, chapter three, verse four. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely, uh, will not surely die, for God knows. Okay, now he, he, he acting like he got, like he knows God. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Lucifer. <laughs> for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, mm, she wanted that power, right? She took of its fruit and ate. Wow. That was a temptation there, too. Okay. There was temptation. It was also power. And she might have been hungry. We never know. You know, I just want to take a break uh, on that note. I was so, I mean, I was all over the house. I was looking for food. I was trying to eat a piece of swai fish. Well, I'm not going to mention what type of food because somebody else might be hungry. And I want you to, I want to make sure that I'm delivering the message so you can receive the word of God today, uh, the message. And um, I was looking for something to eat. And I just kept coming back to the cabinet. And I stopped at the refrigerator and I said, Lord, I'm hungry for something. What am I hungry for? And I said, my, well, my spirit man spoke out and said, I'm hungry for the word. And I said, oh, Lord, I'm hungry for the word. That's what it is. I want some more that word. I'm hungry for the word. So, so she might have been hungry, but she, she should have been hungry for the word. The, the word that God gave that you can always stand upon. Um, you know, and, and we all fall short of the glory of God. There's no condemnation to those that believe in Christ Jesus. Um, it's just the balance that goes with this thing here. Okay. 
uh, verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Okay, they got out of position, so God is trying to find out, where are you? Like, do you know where you are? Have you guys ever had that experience before where you was in a position and then all of a sudden you got lost and you was calling out to God and you try to figure out where you at? <laughs> so uh, he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He was ashamed. Look at that. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. You see that? And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you uh, that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, uh, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle. The same one that was most cunning, more, more than all the animals, well, this time he was cursed more than all the animals, okay? And more than any beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put in between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel mm. now I know that it seems like a punishment but I say Romans 8:28. all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose Verse 16, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. I know somebody out there don't like that scripture, but it is what it is. And it works for our good, okay? And technically, um, Adam came first, so he is the leader. <laughs> so uh, then to Adam he said, because you have headed, uh, heeded the voice of your wife and eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both doors and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall Eat bread till you return to the ground. But out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to the dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. I want to finish this last scripture. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out of his, out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat 
and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east garden of, the, of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bishop Paul, you there? Amen, amen. God bless you. Um, yes, wow. thank you. You know, um, Jesus, in alone with this, with this, um, just topic alone, this scripture alone, you know, so Jesus, I mean, there's enough in the book of Genesis to, I mean, Genesis is just enough. And over the last past, really a year, I would try to move from um, this particular subject, but the Lord uh, would never allow it. You know, mm -hmm. so um, we are moving in that um, prophetic, prophetic stream. Uh, before, um, you know, we we're blessed also to have uh, my wife on the line, evangelist um, Tanisha. You there? Amen. I'm here. Amen. You have any thoughts? I do. I do. Um, Apostle Long, you did such an awesome job. And one of the things that you um, touched you. on was your second point when you talked about the many facets of deception. And when you said that, it kind of took me to the one scripture um, that I kind of always meditate and think about. And that's the Revelations 12. And in Revelations 12, if you go to verse 9, and I'm reading an amplified version but it says, and the great dragon was thrown down, the age-old serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, he who continually deceives and seduces the entire inhabited world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And then when you skip down to verse 12, it says, Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them in the presence of God. But it says, woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you in great wrath, knowing mm. that he has only a short time remaining. And that is Amen. so powerful because mm. love definitely overcomes deceit. It is God mm -hmm. by via way of the Holy Spirit who would even give his spirit of truth to inhabit and dwell in man. And it took me back to John where it talks about this spirit of truth. And he says he will guide you into all truth. So we know that this enemy who was kicked out and it says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. So as he was deceiving in Genesis, he's still deceiving now. But we have victory in Christ Jesus because we have the spirit of all truth who live on the inside of us. And we yes, thank him for his holy spirit. Ooh, hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! Mm, mm, mm. You know, so I, I, I love to pull on the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Um, so I just love to pull on the Holy Spirit. 
and your topic tonight you, was uh, your topic tonight apostle was on love you know and the book of Genesis is a powerful book it's a powerful book and th there was a time where I'll be ministering healing to the people of God and if um, Apostle Tanisha, you guys want to say something? Look, enough with the etiquette. The people get it. Um, so just talk. Um, I would see an angel. And I couldn't understand why, like, I would see this angel. And the moment I seen this angel, the healing and the deliverance would, like, go to another it will be good. It will become very, very intensified. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, mm -hmm, I kind of like disregarded it. I go to minister again. The same angel. I don't see the angel's face, but I know. Can't explain it. I know that the angel is a. a I see his presence approaching. Um, this particular element and we'll talk about that object and he will actually approach a tree and he will begin to shake the tree and when he begin to shake the tree the deliverance the healing will intensify you know and I'll minister like that particular book I mean, that particular, it was actually a scripture, and you ministered on the scripture tonight, and for a whole year, and the Lord just kept releasing more information, more understanding about this particular verse. If I would, I would go to um, the book of Mark, the book of Mark. the scripture so that this the scripture verse is mark 8:24 it is Jesus heals a blind man at Bethesda and I'm going to read from uh 22 mark 8:22 uh to um, and I just want to make sure um, you have time, Apostle. You got to go. Yeah, or? I'm free. Okay. And he cometh to Bethesda, and they bring a blind man unto him. This is, again, this is Jesus. Heals a blind man at Bethesda. I'm going to read it again. And he cometh to Bethesda, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked 
him if he saw aught. Verse 24, and he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. I want you guys, I want our listeners, those that will come back and listen to this. I want you to highlight Mark 8.24. You can parallel that to Apostles Judah lesson coming from uh, Genesis 3.15. I'm going to read it again because I just believe in, the, in repetition. I teach, rep- I teach in a style of repetition. So there's a reason why I keep repeating myself. And he looked up and said, I see a man, I see men as trees walking. How like that? After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored. And he saw every man clearly. Clearly. What is this text? What is Jesus saying? The dimension that the man saw was the original. He seen men as they are in the spirit. When Jesus touches him again, and it says he was restored and saw man clearly. He is now looking into his regular dimension, meaning he is seeing as he ought. But the man saw men as trees, so he actually seen the men in the state that they actually are, if you understand. You will see Jesus many times in the New Testament approaching trees, and he's looking at them, and if they're not producing, he's cursing them. So trees, there's a reason why there's trees in the Garden of Eden. So trees represent the life of an individual. This is what a tree is. So this is why when the angel approached the tree, he's not only dealing with the individual, but he's dealing with everything that is connected to the individual with a prophetic language of that is a tree. And as you know, a tree has roots. So what the Lord is saying, you know, especially concerning his church, is dealing with root issues. Dealing with root issues. It's one thing to remove a leaf. There's one thing to remove a branch. But if the root of that tree is affected, that tree is soon to be affected. It may not look like it's a bad tree, but in the realm of the spirit, if the injured, if the root is injured, over a matter or span of time, the tree will take on the form of that injury. So we have a lot of injured trees within the church that are not properly being 
they are not properly um, mm. being ministered to. Mm-hmm. You see, because Jesus left the blueprint. Right. What is it going to take? It's going to take prayer. It's going to take fasting. It's going to take abiding in the presence of the Lord. And it's many people all over the earth that they don't have major platforms. But it is these individuals who are in their prayer closet daily are really responsible for moving the body of Christ forward as Jesus, as the Holy Spirit, time and time preaches and preaches, all right? Never become excited about a confirmation via the word of God. Understand that the Holy Spirit isn't a witch, but he's going to instruct you in regards to what way you should go, what you should do, what you should not do. He's going to expose the truth. But I personally never get excited over a confirmed word because I know that the Holy Spirit isn't a witch. So what he's going to do, he's going to encourage you. Even though in that encouragement, we may not fully understand what he's doing. And it's because we are lacking in certain areas. And the main areas are the word of God and prayer. Because these two facets bring about a revelation. The devil himself, he has too many devices. And most of the devices, I mean, we're not going to talk about it here, all right? But most of the devices that he uses, the average believer would just ignore it. They would just write it off, you know? But he knows what happens if he can grab hold of that root. So love is the greatest vibration. When I say vibration, it's like uh, a feeling that permeates the whole entire body. Like when we are expecting to see or receive something that we've been longing or awaiting on. And this is uh, not no new age teaching, but the concepts are uh, very similar, but in new age, that is deception, all right? But love is the greatest vibration. God had an intention to share this love. So he was compelled to create. So this emotion uh, that was known only to the Godhead would now be expressed throughout entire kingdom. 
And I don't want to just keep talking. I ain't going to keep talking for too much longer, but uh, do anyone have anything to say? I just want to say that, that that's a powerful word. That's a powerful word, and I think that that's a rhema word. I know that it's a rhema word. I know that the body of Christ is, is sunk in, but I also know that God is getting ready to pull us out. I know that we're in the process of being pulled out. Um, I, I, I believe that what you are referring to is the nourishment is missing. The nourishment, the enemy wants to take us, take that nourishment. He wants to get it at the origin because what it is is once when we're planted as a tree, and, you know, we. Um, I just want to say this. When I was a kid growing up, we used to have the, a family reunion T-shirts, you know. They used to be more popular back in the 80s and 90s. And so on that T-shirt, uh, we would have a tree up there. About, you know, we call it the family tree. Um, and so if that the roots are affected, then what's supposed to come to the, the family or AKA the body uh, of Christ Jesus or Yeshua uh, of Nazareth, we, we won't be able to do anything because we don't have the nourishment that we need without the nourishment and the, and the, the uh, refreshing, the cleansing, uh, which reminds me of the renewing of your mind and the word of God, because the word of God is pure. We have to renew daily, each and every day, every day daily, because we need sun every day. We need the we need water every day. There's certain things that we can't live out live with, we can't live without every day. And we can live out with the extra every day, but whatever's necessary is necessary. We can't live without it. And so, um, you know, in addition to that. Uh, you know, we don't have the proper nourishment. It doesn't go into the the, the, tr the trunk, okay, that main part. We don't have that major push. You know, the trunk is that main part that pushes out to the other branches. Uh, and so we don't have that push. I like to think of that trunk as the, the Holy Spirit sometimes. But anyway, I just feel that uh, that causes the body of Christ to become uh, stale or frail or undernourished and therefore uh, lazy or dying. If you ever seen a, a tree that looked like it got a lot of potential, but it's not doing anything, you know, <laughs> you know, lazy or dying. And so I really feel that, uh, that uh, the, the body of Christ needs to come uh, together. I really sense, and I know, according to God's will, that his desire is for us to come as one church with one mind, one body, and one spirit, full of the word. You know, walking, talking vessels. I believe God is, is ready for a movement of healing and miracles. But I also believe that God wants to give us, you know, he wants to give us our first foundation stuff. You know, uh, don't. Forget about your first love and, and love thy neighbor as thyself and, you know, teach us the things that we, we first learned uh, when we first, you know, came into the fold, you know, on the body of Christ. 
And, uh, you know, once we get that refreshing and humble ourselves in the process, and after recognizing that we need it, then I believe that God can conclude some things, that he can then take us to a higher place once we come to revisit those things that we first were taught, humbling ourselves, taking ourselves off our, our high pedestals, okay, our so-called uh, powerful anointing and nice little garments and nice little titles, nice little places, nice little money that we use and et cetera, et cetera. I, I won't get into that, but I believe that that's what God really wants us to do is uh, bring us back to the first foundation. That's the start of a new season. Like I was telling, uh, I forget her name, uh, your wife, uh, this is a new season. I think that I believe that God wants us to go back to renewing our minds with the first foundations of, of uh, learning who he is uh, without being so churchy about it and so uh, traditional and so uh, pretending he wants us to be real and, and really have some uh, solitude with him, humbling and reflecting on things that we were once taught and even trying to get to learn some things from a brother or a sister that we wasn't taught. You know, uh, I, the Bible says uh, in Proverbs, I believe it's seventeen seventeen that uh, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, um, we we really need to allow God to do that in us and then come humbly and then he will cleanse us and then he will put us in a better position and then he will fill us back again. And then once he fills us, then we can go out and, and do his work. Amen. Mighty and strong. Amen. Amen. You know, um, so the book, I totally, um, I totally agree. And I'm a, uh, what, what you can call a cloud chaser. I take many risks. You know, I take many risks in regards to that cloud, in regards um, to that Shekinah glory. And there was a time where I used to, I mean, I studied the word of God for almost eight hours a day. I studied the word so much that the room would fill up with smoke. But look what it took. Look how intense that was. You know, and that's how David's heart was. Although he had some ups and his some ups and some downs, the man of God had a heart that no one on the external could understand unless they were able to perceive what was actually <coughs> happening on the other side. And David longed for the word of God. He longed for the presence of God. He longed to please God. And that's what it's all about. So it is the love of Jesus that actually breaks a sinner's heart. All beforehand, uh, we were self-centered. 
but it's not until we are brought in the presence of God that we now know just as much as God knows about what is actually happening within us. You know, those things that we tried to hide are now revealed. We concealed them, but now they are revealed. And we know that God knows where we've been. So what we do, we confess. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter because he actually wants us to sit down and read what he's saying. It's a letter. It's to be read. It's to be pondered on. Because he left great thought in regards to the way of love. So we were once self-centered. All right? After coming out of the presence of God, we're not coming out self-centered. We're now coming out with a piece of deliverance. All right? So there was a injury. That injury, most of the things that we are succumbing to, there is someone in our generation, there is someone there's a grandma, there's a grandpa that sold the whole bloodline over to frustration. They sold it to premature death. They sold it to limitation. So it's not until we find out who it was. It's just like uh, searching your ancestors online. If the devil has that database, what do you think we can achieve with the Holy Spirit? So it's not until that tree, that root, is subdued. And many things that we are succumbing to, it is because someone down the line has given us over to it. The thing is now we are in a place of authority. So whatever the devices of, uh, whatever device that Satan uses shouldn't have too much of a potent effect to it. If he feeds you in his sleep, it shouldn't have too much of a potent effect to it. If some way um, he catches us at a weak point, and now we find ourselves uh, in sexual relations and dreams, there should be not too much potent to it. There shouldn't be so much poison that the enemy should be able to release. And if he does release it, it is quickly subdued. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. So we, she, moves from the presence of God, delivered. Now, a certain part of us have been healed. We are now in a blessed state. Almost, but not actual, but at that highest vibration that was in the Garden of Eden, that love, we have now experienced it in the presence of God. 
And now what does Jesus do? He sends us out, right? We still got a life to live. But now the he or the she now has to deal with people that are undelivered. And what the enemy would now do is move again. All right? I'm trying to, like, compress this information as the Holy Spirit is pouring. The believer is in a state of love as it was once in the Old Testament. But he still has a life to live in the world of sin. Uh in a place where the devil is roaming. He or she nouns have to develop a stronger relationship, you know, so we cannot forsake the assembly. But the enemy is there too, and he's waiting to release his poison again. But now it is not really coming from the bloodline, it is coming from people who are proclaiming Jesus. These are trees with an infection. And some of these infections are in leadership. And God wants to do something new, but they are releasing toxic, toxicity, poison into that new believer but if that believer can keep that momentum that believer momentum will bring them into in an, 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 the anointing will increase in that believer this is how the power of God is obtained so it's not a bad thing uh, I ministered to people. Jesus was just bringing me, and if you guys want to say something, just start talking. Jesus was bringing me into the ministry of healing. And I remember I was praying with this lady for almost, I mean, she had all the degrees. She had a big-time job. And, I mean, the last thing that was taken from this lady was her home, and her car, the last thing that was taken was a repossession of a car. But I've been praying with this lady for 30 days. 30 days. She got a call. She called. She was, I mean, excited. She was restored. And I wasn't really looking for nothing much, you know. But she left no donation. She left nothing. She took that blessing, she left, and I was left to deal with what was fighting her. And my heart was broken, but that was the Lord showing me um, how to advance in his kingdom around folks that are infected. There's another lady, not going to mention her name. She has been delivered. You see, but this work is Jesus' work. It's not an emotional work. So I now disconnect myself from whatever Jesus does. I have no emotional connection to it. 
and I just praise him for what he has done. And I move and I flow in that same consistent love, you know? So, I mean, there's so much I can go on here. And do anyone have to say anything before I kind of like um, cease? But am I making sense? Yes, making a lot of sense. I think you tapped into some to some uh, layout. You know, going back to Habakkuk uh, chapter two uh, about writing the vision and making it plain. I feel that this is the Holy Spirit. The Lord is doing the work uh, through you. Uh, you know, uh, ministering through you and and having you to speak these things because this is the layout of the the, the scope of work that uh, we need to uh, target uh, in the body of Christ. We really need to to uh, get prepared because there's going to be a move and we're going to be dealing with a lot of uh, different uh, 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 sides of deliverance and, and conjoining with other uh, ministers uh, that, that have maybe worked these type of labors in lengths of time and just, you know, uh, joining with them on different um, uh, ministry uh, projects and just uh, moving uh, from church to like fire shut up in our bone. You feel me? Uh, moving around from church to church, uh, and 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 as God is churning, you know, churning uh, on the inside of us, stirring up that uh, that zeal and that passion for His Word and that passion uh, for His um, for His ministry. And and while we keep in mind the reason why we came in the first place, because the Word of God says that many are called and few are chosen. You know, a lot of us think that we just came to eat, uh, go to work, sleep, uh, and some of us recognize that we are different, uh, that we have a, a purpose, that not only do we have natural gifts and talents, uh, but we also have spiritual gifts and talents as well. And God intends to use those gifts and talents um, for his glory. He intends to use it. Uh, he intends to show us what it is that we got. He he intends to uh, develop it and fully groom it so that it can be used rightly and and with wisdom. Amen. Knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, so we're in on that. We're in on that. Um, I don't know. I don't think, um, Apostle, that the Lord is finished here. Yeah, I just feel a, a word of utterance coming through me. I just want to speak. You know, I just want to be able to just uh, just be able to speak what thus saith the Lord in regards to what's coming through uh, in this hour. This is the day that the Lord has made it. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord is pouring out his spirit. It seems as though we don't see anything happening. Uh, because he's doing private sessions. You feel me? Uh, he's not telling everybody uh, what he's doing with everybody else. It's a private session, and when he's done doing what he does, he will bring us together when the time is right. Right now is a time of purging. Uh, we're not. He's not saying that we should forsake each other in this hour, but what he's saying is that we should conclude some matters in our individual lives. 
and get rid of the old, chuck out the old, clean up the house, scrub the house, sanitize the corners, get out them, get the roaches out, you know, get the cobwebs down, take the moth balls and put them in the closet, you know, do whatever we got to do um, to to get in a, a position because I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is about to, oh, he's about to render to the enemy what is due his name. I'm telling you, he is. I'm from New Jersey, and we call it wreck shop in New Jersey. He's about to wreck shop. <laughs> that means that he's getting ready to tear the shop down, okay? And so uh, I know that there is a, a lot of um, a lot of preparation that we're going to be doing uh, for this next move of God, I sense it so clear. Even as I'm speaking now, I just feel it uh, all the way down in my belly that this is the next move of God, the next move of God. After that, healing and deliverance and, and all of the gifts. I mean, we're going to see such an explosion in ministry. Even you, Bishop Paul, I'm, I'm telling you, people don't even know uh, what it's all about. They don't even know. But um, it's going to be a dynamic, a dynamic uh, a version of something that was done in the past, a replica of a healing, um, almost like Azusa, identical to Azusa, but at a, a, at a greater magnitude. If you don't know what Azusa was or is, it was a, um, a uh, healing and deliverance time uh, out of California. You can look that up online, what Azusa was about. Um, but we, we ask God for things, and we, we look for God to do things, and God does give us the answers to our prayer. And remember, he said that he will put his desires in our heart. He will give us those things. He just gives us the time and the process, you know, for the process of positioning us for that which we asked, which originally was his thought anyway. It was originally his desire because, remember, when we chose him, we desired to, uh, to give him our will. And, therefore, we, de we decided that we wanted to be continued. We decided that we wanted to be separate from the world and not of the world. Um, I just want to say this may be a little bit off uh, the topic of, uh, you know, of what you were just uh, speaking of. Well, it's, I'm not going to say it's off topic because it, it still is the same topic that love conquers all. And, and love conquers uh, uh, confusion and, and doubt and fear and anguish and discouragement and, and just whatever it may be, discrepancies, it covers everything. Um, but I just wanted to be able to speak freely um, that I really feel that we need to be careful to be uh, sweet in the spirit realm, try to get sweet. Try not to use a, uh, a, a, a bad tongue. Uh, try not to go off on that coworker. Uh, try to put coals on their head. If you read in the book of Proverbs, it talks about when you bless somebody, it'd be like coals on their head. And you can uh, dissect that at your, at your own convenience. But you want to do something in secret that the Lord will reward you openly. What did he tell us before? We need to refresh those things again that we may receive the same result, if not greater, because we have a greater understanding with a greater faith and greater knowledge. So we should come up with dynamic uh, uh, power, like a dynamic movement, dynamic results, uh, impacting. Uh, I mean, and it's not just, uh, you know, uh, impact can happen to one person. It doesn't have to be a crowd of people. It doesn't have to be a, a conference. It can be a one individual that God can use you to impact, and that person that you impact can impact multitudes of more people. 
how uh, you see in the Bible, as soon as Jesus came, it was uh, showing you. Mm, help me, Lord. I feel heat in my feet. Ooh. Um, it, it shares the word of God. It shares uh, how Jesus came, how immediately uh, he came, and he his ministry multiplied in numbers almost immediately. Almost immediately. And one of the things that uh, the Lord has given me uh, to reflect on, even you know individually, is that He didn't never uh, broadcast like He wasn't loud mouth. Uh, he didn't broadcast you know things. You know, you never heard about His character being loud mouthed. He was very humble. He was very meek. Uh, he was misunderstood. Because they didn't understand how could you be all those things and still be quiet at the same time, you know. For the most part, I believe that's the way he was, um, according to scripture. Um, and uh, not unless you're stealing in the church and gambling, did you go make a man? <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I just feel that uh, right now is a time of. Uh, of consecration. It's a time of really uh, allowing the Lord's uh, spirit to penetrate, uh, to minister to us. I really feel that the angels from heaven are surrounding us to give us um, exactly what we need to know. They will reveal the truth to us uh, in, in our own special way of hearing from the Lord. Um, I'm not sure who's all listening to this uh if this is pre-recorded and they listen now or if it's people up here now. But I just want to be able to say that uh, I don't care uh, who you are, um, meaning if you feel that you are mature or not as mature as another, God is not a respecter of persons. He's going to uh, minister to you uh, just like he ministers to anybody else. It, 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 he's going to minister it may not be in the same form, but he will make sure that you get the message that you're supposed to receive. And whatever it is uh, that he tells you, uh, just write it down, uh, pray about it, uh, soak in it, meditate it day and night according to Psalms 1, and just wait for the result. God will send you uh, a rescue. He will rescue you. He will send the help that you need uh, to continue with that word that he gave. And that's all I have to say. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Apostle. So we'll be moving forward. Um, please, uh, before hanging up, uh, you you can um, close us out in prayer. Okay, Father God, we just want to give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for all of these beautiful things that you have done. We thank you, Lord God, for this sweet, sweet joining on this line today. We thank you, Lord God, for healing. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, the receiving of your holiness, God, the receiving of your holiness, the receiving of purging and of um, thank you, Lord God, for the reception of your Holy Spirit, God, that you are uh, allowing us to be able to uh, have an understanding of what it is, God, that you are saying and the understanding of what it is that you are doing, that you are faithful, that you have never left us nor forsaken us, that you make sure that we are where we need to be in a timely fashion. I want to pray, Father, for some family members 
uh, some people on this line, wherever they may be, God, ask you, Lord God, that you will lose your angels, God, as a uh, hedge of protection. Send your warring angels and surround them about, God, with your, your fiercest uh, warring angels, God, legions and legions of angels, God, as many as it takes to get the job done, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, for protection for our family members, for our loved ones. We ask you, Lord God, for clarity. I pray for the wives tonight, Lord God. I pray that the wives will be strengthened tonight, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that they will know, God, how to uh, receive what it is that they need uh, to minister to their husbands as you give them uh, a prompting, Lord God. And, um, Lord, I just pray, God, that that whatever it is uh, that they have been going through, Lord God, that those burdens will be as nothing come tomorrow morning, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you right now, God, that we may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning time. Lord, I just ask you, God, right now that you will touch our little children. I pray, God, that you will bless them. I pray that you will keep them, increase their intellect, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will... Um, Pronounce to them your name and teach them what it means. And, Lord, we just thank you right now, God, that you have uh, given us a responsibility as parents, Father, to instill your word and your character and all of the things that concern you uh, in our children. We ask you, God, that you will lead us and guide us step by step, moment to moment, day by day, that you may be pleased, Lord God, with, with our uh, uh, assuming our rightful uh, position taking care of our responsibilities to make sure that our children have that word instilled in them. Help us to build up their character, their, their self-esteem, um, and give them all of the, their needs according to your riches and glory. And, Lord, we just thank you right now, God, that their eyes is stayed on you just as ours is. And we just pray for uh, harmony in different families. We rebuke the devour of the enemy off of every individual household. And, Lord, we just thank you right now, God, for taking back what the enemy tried to steal from us, God. And we thank you that you're making us a winner in the presence of our enemies. And we just pray right now, God, that as you do this, we pray, God, that our enemies will receive salvation. We pray, Father, that they will become in tune with you. We pray, God, that you will shame the devil, God, and that you will give us the attitude to turn the other cheek when someone tries to cause us harm, God. We thank you, God, right now, God, that you shall prevail, God, against all of those things, God, that has been troubling us, God. We thank you for lifting up the standard. We pray for Bishop Paul. Ask that you bless him. Ask that you uh, continue, Father, to excel him. Lord, I know you're doing a fine work. And, Lord, I just want to ask you, Lord God, uh, that he would receive my thanks uh, for allowing me to be uh, on this radio broadcast. I want to pray for him and his wife, uh, cover them in their marriage. And uh, I just pray for everything. I feel my time is short, and I just really want to keep praying because uh, I love to pray. But, Lord, I just pray, God, that everything will be blessed and ready. And I just pray that we will come together in unity and love and I just pray, God, that you will stir up the gifts and that we will instill the word of God in us like never before, like a backpack. Let us keep stuff in the bag, Lord God, like it's the last, like it's the only bag we own and, <laughs> and help us to keep stuff in the word, keep stuff in the word of God. Hallelujah. Bitter going down and sweet coming up in Jesus name. Amen. 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 
Um, so this concludes. Um, Apostle, we're about to um, disconnect you. If you'd rather be in a place to transfer victory instead of transferring pain, do give us a call. Call Brother Paul, 484-218-1683. How can they reach out to you, Apostle Judah? I am uh, at uh, 469-931-5555. Once again, that number is 469-931-5555. Amen. I'm also available via email, too. Uh, that's Judah on the Move. Amen. And that's J-U-D-A-H-O as an Oscar, N as a Nancy, M as in Mary, O as in Oscar, B as in victory, E as in elevate, at gmail.com. Amen. This concludes. Tonight, love overcomes deceit. With our Apostle Judah Long, God bless you. Thank you. God bless I'm on an airplane And the destination of this flight is to the other side Guess I had to go there Guess I had to come here, yeah I know where I'm from but now I'm headed where I'm going right Trying to take water to a dry place Trying to take hope where it ain't night Trying to take love to a high place Wanna make the shooter put the gun down So a mother gets to hold the sun now Wanna make the lame man run again Make the blind man see the sun again But all I hear is bang, bang, get, get I don't think the pies really want that Breathe the dominant, always on my back Got the guns out, but I should fire